0: Welcome to the podcast series, Decoding Sustainable Finance, developed and presented by the Novus Center on Business, Human Rights and the Environment.
1: Welcome to the Decoding Sustainable Finance podcast series, a podcast series developed by the Nova Centre on Business, Human Rights and the Environment. My name is Raquel Berguadias, I am a Research Associate at the Nova BHRE and with my colleague João Maria Potelho, a Research Assistant also at the Centre, we will be conducting the interview for this episode.
2: Today's episode will focus on the European Taxonomy, a classification system for sustainable activities. The European taxonomy aims to provide a common language for sustainable finance, facilitating the flow of capital towards sustainable investments. It classifies economic activities based on their contribution to environmental objectives, such as climate change mitigation and adaptation, and the protection of biodiversity and water resources. The European taxonomy has been a subject of much discussion in the sustainable finance community. Some argue that it's a crucial tool to maintain sustainable finance, while others, on the other hand, have raised concerns about its complexity and potential unintended consequences.
1: So in this episode, we will explore the European taxonomy in more detail, including its objectives, scope, and implementation challenges. We will also discuss the potential impact of the taxonomy on the financial sector and its contribution to the achievements of the Paris Agreement goals. We will be joined by an expert in the field of sustainable finance who will provide us with her insights on European taxonomy. So sit back, relax, and join us on this journey to the sustainable finance.
2: Thank you, Raquel. And today we couldn't be happier. We have with us Paula Redun Pereira. Paulo Don Pereira is the Head of Regulatory Affairs at the Luxembourg Stock Exchange with extensive knowledge of national and European regulatory landscape. She's an experienced lawyer representing issuers and underwriters in public and private offerings of equity and debt securities. She's highly respected for her ability to translate complex regulatory language into clear messages. She's active in the Luxus Gender Committee and promotes gender balance.
1: And in this episode, we are diving into the world of sustainability taxonomies. Our guest, Paulo Credonte Pereira, will provide an overview of what a taxonomy is and its purpose, as well as the current state of the European Union taxonomy, including levels one and two, and the public consultation on missing goals. We will also discuss the dynamic and non-static nature of the taxonomy exercise and introduce other taxonomies being developed worldwide by different jurisdictions and sectors.
2: And after this, we will discuss how other economies and jurisdictions are acting on standardizing sustainability taxonomy. We will dive into some of the challenges or obstacles faced by business and investors in aligning sustainability taxonomies. We'll also be exploring whether the European taxonomy's scope of obligation is aligned with the market's needs. So, join us as we explore the world of sustainability taxonomies and their impact on global business landscape. So, Paula, many thanks for your presence here today with NOVA and NOVA Business Human Rights and Environment. And before I start with our difficult and tough questions, I would like uh, you to explain or give us a little overview of what the taxonomy is, its purpose, as well as the current state of uh, the European taxonomy.
0: Hello, João. Hello, Raquel. It's really a pleasure to be here with you and to discuss this uh, topic, the hot topic on sustainable Finance. This is the pillar around which all the discussions around sustainable finance are being taken so very glad to be here today with you thanks a lot to nova my alma mater to uh, kick off this discussion and to organize these very important initiatives to raise awareness to educate you know people students, citizens on this topic so Let's start in terms of an overview. Actually, Joan had already provided uh, us uh, with a great uh, introduction, but let's step back and really understand what the taxonomy is. And, well, taxonomy, maybe for some more tax lawyers or tax legal minds, could seem like a tax-related topic, but it, it isn't. So, basically, taxonomy... It's names, describes, classifies activities or realities. And so when we are talking about the taxonomy or the green taxonomy, we are talking about a classification system which establishes a list of environmentally sustainable economic activities. So it's very important. The taxonomy does not say immediately, this is green, this is not green. And this is nothing actually binary black or white, you know, green or, bra- or, or brown. This is not the point. So there is a, an assessment, an exercise that needs to be performed in order to find what actually can be considered environmentally sustainable or uh, not. Um, so this is very important uh, to, to note that this is the first ever green list To put it simple, the the green taxonomy in the world, which is science-based and framed by an EU regulation. So a legal act. So as students, I hope you had already enrolled in a EU law class to be aware of the legal acts and the, uh, the treaty. And so EU regulation means that this is a legal act which directly applicable into all member states. And the legal nature of the list is extremely important because it provides predictability, legal trust, and also it can be enforced by member states, okay? The purpose of, of the taxonomy is to provide companies, investors, policymakers with appropriate definitions of which economic activities can be considered environmentally sustainable. By defining this in a legal framework, As I said, we can increase security for investors, protect investors from greenwashing, this is a high topic uh, today, help companies to become more climate friendly, mitigate market fragmentation and help shift investments where they today are really needed in particular within the framework of Paris Agreement, the EU Sustainable Development Goals, and all the climate emergency that we are facing. So now we can ask me, where all this started, right? Because today we have already a a legal framework, but where actually all this discussion uh, started? Well, focusing on the taxonomy itself, I will invite you to join me back in 2017 when the European Commission set up uh, what was called the High-Level Expert Group on Sustainable Finance. This group was mandated to prepare a set of recommendations to guide the European Commission on its roadmap about sustainable finance. And one of the recommendations of the report was precisely the creation of a taxonomy, a common language to define, to put it simple, what green is. So this classification system, a taxonomy, to identify activities and assets that contribute to sustainability goals. Okay, I talked about uh, I talked about the EU taxonomy regulation. So this is actually the level one. The level uh, one, it's. Uh, principle-based sets, actually, the high-level principles and rules on the taxonomy. And this regulation uh, has been enforced since July 2020. So it establishes the basis of the EU green taxonomy by setting the main conditions, the main requirements that an economic activity has to meet in order to qualify as environmentally sustainable. So, in the context of this EU regulation, the regulation defines what are environmental sustainable activities by establishing six environmental objectives. The first is climate change mitigation. The second is climate adaptation. The third is sustainable use and protection of water. The fourth is transition to a circular economy. The fifth is pollution and prevention and control. And the last one is protection and restoration of biodiversity and ecosystems. So this is level one. Okay. Main objectives around climate change. Now, we have level two and level three. At the EU level, we have actually different layers of regulation depending on the main framework and more granular rules and requirements. This is the reason why we talk about level one and then level two, level three. At level two, we have a set of delegated acts which complement the taxonomy regulation. And currently we have three Delegated acts. The first is the Climate Delegated Act, which further defines the technical criteria to establish which economic activities can make a substantial contribution to climate change mitigation and climate change adaptation. The second is the Supplementing Delegated Act, which specifies the content, methodology and the presentation of the information to be disclosed by financial and non-financial companies so the investors can learn all about their EU taxonomy compliance. And the third Delegated Act is the Complementary Climate Delegated Act, which sets very strict conditions for how specific nuclear and gas energy activities can be included in the list of environmentally sustainable activities under the EU taxonomy. You probably are aware of how controversial was actually this discussion in terms of including nuclear and gas energy activities within the list of what can be considered sustainable activities or not, but I can actually highlight that In order to be considered as nuclear and gas, there are actually very stringent criteria to be considered. So, I will not enter into details of the topic, but, well, this was the uh, position of, in particular, the European Parliament and the Council to push on the inclusion of these two activities uh, into the, the list. More recently, last April, the European Commission published one important consultation, to precisely ask comments on the uh, missing delegated acts to cover the remaining objectives. And so, under these public consultations, we have a draft for an additional delegated act with technical screening criteria for the remaining four environmental objectives, So covering uh, areas as sustainable use and protection of water resources, transition to a circular economy, pollution and prevention and control, uh, protection and restoration of biodiversity and ecosystems. And we have another draft delegated act that amends, well, this is quite complex, but it amends the existing climate delegated act, which intends to include climate adaptation and mitigation technical screening criteria for additional economic activities, notably manufacturing activities and transitional activities in the transport sector. So, all in all, there is something that it's it's actually important to highlight. While we have a regulation, a legal framework, the idea is not to have it in a static manner. Actually, the world evolves, society evolves, the challenges evolve. And so the idea is to have an, a dynamic taxonomy and dynamic assessment of the activities which actually are illegible or not to be part of the taxonomy. And so the focus of the taxonomy does not allow it to be an immutable document because it is science-based. It exists to operate in an ever changing context, and to constantly evolve in order to improve its usability and keep up with scientific advancements regarding, well, activities that may harm or may improve or be neutral towards the environment. So, long overview, but as this is a very complex uh, topic, I actually took the opportunity to provide you with a comprehensive overview of the topic, including where we stand and the dynamic nature of this uh, exercise and framework.
2: I think uh, you did an amazing presentation of the European taxonomy, and I think all our listeners and everyone who had some difficulties to understand the different branches of the European taxonomy is uh, in a better position after this, this explanation. Thank you very much. So uh, after this explanation about the European taxonomy, I think we're all in the same tone and I think we're ready for our questions. So in your opinion, how are other economies and jurisdictions acting on standardizing sustainability taxonomy right now?
0: Well, John, this is a very good question. Many countries indeed have now their own taxonomy or are working on it. Indonesia, Sri Lanka, Kazakhstan, among other countries in Asia, have finalized their own taxonomy. Latin America countries have also been working on taxonomies fitting to their local contexts. I can give you some examples to be very concrete. Colombia is the first country in the Americas to launch a green taxonomy. And other Latin American countries are following in Colombia's footsteps. For example, Mexico, Peru, Chile. The Dominican Republic is the first country in the Caribbean to start developing a green taxonomy. Well, but why are so many taxonomies, right? You can, you, you can ask me. Uh, it's true. Uh, basically, you know, domestic taxonomies can help a country tackle its most urgent environmental problems. Countries are aligning their taxonomies with objectives that echo their overall sustainable development priorities and are trying to integrate their own taxonomies into existing laws and standards. And this is a reference for investors. It indicates them where financing can be directed to influence, hopefully in a a positive way, the climate, the environment or social issues. This is a point which is important because actually we are now mainly focused on the green taxonomy but actually taxonomies can also and hopefully in the future will also cover the e not only the e so for environment but also the s for social and g for governance so to give you a concrete example the green taxonomy of colombia prioritizes sectors related to land use, for example, agriculture. Because these sectors are responsible for almost 60% of the country greenhouse gas emissions. So countries like Australia and Chile, where the mining industry plays a significant role in the economy, are likely to focus on transition activities. So Just to give you some concrete examples on why these countries are using their own taxonomies. Just to conclude, it is worth mentioning the role of the International Platform on Sustainable Finance and its focus on comparing taxonomies around the world. This exercise compares the first, at least the first exercise which was performed by this platform, compares the EU green taxonomy with the sustainable finance taxonomy adopted by China. And the result does not create either a common or a single taxonomy or standard, but actually puts forward areas of commonality and differences between the EU and China green taxonomies. So this exercise comparing different taxonomies around the the world are extremely useful to really kick off the the discussion and allows some interoperability regarding existing taxonomies.
1: Thank you so much. And what are some of the challenges and obstacles faced by business and investors in aligning with sustainability taxonomies? Well, to keep it short, I think the main challenge
0: uh, regarding the alignment with taxonomies is that a plethora of different taxonomies will make alignment daunting task. If different countries classify economic activities differently, this may lead to a situation where a company is considered green by one country taxonomy and not green by another, which of course at the end can cause confusion and uncertainty. So as I said previously, the idea of interoperability is key to uh, really provide some consistency around the world in terms of aligning activities uh, with existing uh, taxonomies.
2: Thank you very much. The next question talks about the scope of application. So I would like to ask you if uh, in your opinion do you think that European taxonomy scope of application is aligned with uh, what the market needs right now?
0: Very good question. While the taxonomy has been generally and I'm being cautious you know to say generally well accepted and welcomed and while the commission and the platform on sustainable finance have been working to address, well, to the extent possible, the needs of the market uh, and of the market participants, there are still some usability issues, of course, that could risk its uh, wide adoption and acceptance. The data needs are extensive and the data in itself is highly granular and still difficult to obtain. Then the EU taxonomy is an EU legal act and has set of criteria uh, criteria focused on the EU markets, but it cannot forget that the EU and the EU markets are exposed to and part of a global market. So this point is important to, to consider uh, moving forward. And then I would say proportionality should be ensured also in order to have the EU taxonomy used by, uh, you know, a large number of companies' market participants, including SMEs, which play, as you know, an important role in the uh, European economy. And last but not least, I would actually highlight uh, the transition concerns. Transition concerns should also be addressed. And the smooth transition to a more sustainable green status should be facilitated instead of, you know, just having a binary approach and black and white or green and brown approach.
2: After listening to all the, the thoughts and all the answers, I would like to ask you if you could share with us two takeaways from today's session or for the future, or some things to have in mind for our listeners or for the community as a whole.
0: Thanks a lot, Juan, for for the opportunity. I hope those explanations were useful for you and for our uh, listeners. As a final thought, well, uh, around the topic of the taxonomy, I think this was immense milestone that was achieved by the European Commission, the co-legislators, the Parliament and the Council, and all players who actually contributed and are still contributing to this uh, discussion. I think moving forward, it's really important precisely the work that you are doing in terms of enhancing literacy. Raising awareness around the topics, uh, training, you know, It's, it's really important to bring this topic into the companies, into the civil society, into government, because it will play a huge role in terms of the way we do business, the way we interact with our objectives, the way the society needs to work in the future to make sure that our generation, your generation, actually can live uh, in a, a better uh, world. And not only on the green or environmental side, but also on the social and government side of the discussion. So this is my actually final thought.
2: And with that, we've come to an end of yet another episode of Decoding Sustainable Finance. We have a deep dive into the world of the green taxonomy.
1: And we'd like to express our sincere gratitude to Paula, who joined us today and shared her invaluable insights, including potential future developments in sustainability taxonomy and the role of business and investors in driving sustainable practices.
2: Thank you for being with us. And until next time, don't forget, keep decoding sustainable finance.